We're going to look at freedom. Last week we looked at transformation and today we look at freedom. So Father, we want to thank you for your word that is true. We thank you for the spirit of truth. We thank you the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and he speaks truth. And so God, we just welcome the ministry of your word and spirit in this place today. We welcome the ministry of your word and your spirit, that you would have your way in us. You would have your way amongst us, God, that you will shift what needs to shift. You will move what needs to be moved, God, that you will bring revelation. Let a spirit of revelation, let a spirit of wisdom, let a spirit of understanding be amongst us, O God. Lord, we want to thank you for what you're doing amongst us, and we bless you today. We bless you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hey, I just want to encourage you. Hands up who likes to be encouraged. Everyone, no, not everybody. Not everyone likes to be encouraged. I haven't asked this, but so I'm going to get in trouble later. But I heard a couple of people say some stuff during the week, and I thought, you know, that is such an encouragement. We need to hear this. We need to hear that prayer moves things. Sorry, Melissa. Can you just pass that to Melissa and she can share? We well, can stand up if you want. The children's thing. The building. Melissa is a prayer warrior. Listen to this testimony. Come on. Come on, Melissa. Okay. So, um, in the middle of Childers, um, opposite the post office, there was um, a shop that had out the front um, a psychic. So, um, yeah, they did psychic readings in there and whatever. So... Um, I sat out the front and I prayed and I told her to get out of town in the name of Jesus. Um, I go prayer walking every second week when it's um, my week off. So, um, yeah, a couple of weeks later it was gone, but then um, it turned up again just down from the IGA. It had, um, they had moved and they were opening up again. And um, a guy was standing out the front asking the lady why she had moved. And so I stood there and pretended not to listen. But <laughs> um, they, the lady said to him that um, um, something was blocking her down there and she couldn't operate any longer. Woo! <laughs> um, so then um, I said... Uh, I stood there and prayed that I and I said that I told you to get out of town, not down the street. And so um, it took a couple of months, but now it is shut down. <laughs> so there's no psychic there anymore. <laughs> um, there was also after the first worship service that we had over in um, Childers at the Paragon, there turned up on the wall outside one of the pubs there that there was advertising that there was a ghost in there. And so um, when I used to walk past there, I used to stop there and tell it to get out. And um, two weeks ago, I stood in front of it in the wall and I'm looking and I'm like, there's no poster there anymore. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, it's gone. So it's gone as well. <laughs> what about you, Heather? What happened last week for you? I can't do that. We're going to keep persevering with things like that. Amen? You keep persevering with things like that. You keep standing on the Word. You keep standing on prayer. That's, that's what we are talking about last week, wasn't it? We take every thought captive and we make it obedient to Christ. Amen? Every thought captive, we make it obedient to Christ. 
So I just wanted you here because Melissa's been praying faithfully. Sometimes when we're standing and praying for something, it doesn't happen straight away like that. But it doesn't mean we do not stop praying. It doesn't mean that we stop standing. And so I just wanted to hear that encouragement for you to keep praying because you have authority in Jesus' name. Amen? So last week we looked at the need to renew our minds according to God's ways. That's what we're looking at. Transformation. We, were, we, we talked about taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. Amen? Not thinking according to the patterns of this world, but rather to God and to His Word. The need to yield, the need to yield to Him and to yield to the authority of His Word and take every thought captive and, and make it obedient to Christ. Amen? Because even though people have been born again, they still, we get trapped by stuff. We get snared by wrong thinking and thus we don't live out the full reality of what Christ has done for us. Amen? The full reality of what Christ has done for us. We don't live it out because we get snared in our thinking. But I want to say, because I felt yesterday as I was praying, that as we, as we yield to Christ, as we yield to God, there is a death that is taking place of, in us. But you know what happens after death? That's not a trick question. After death, life resurrection it didn't finish in the grave didn't finish in the on the cross didn't finish there there's another part of the story and out of death comes life and that's a principle that as we die to self we rise with christ and today as i sat with the lord during the week i heard the words out of galatians 5 i heard the words out of galatians 5 just verse 1, so clearly, and it says, for freedom, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Is there an amen to that? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. This is where we're going to go today. Yes, it is freedom from the penalty of sin, eternal separation from God, but if we only focus on that we actually miss the whole there's actually more it's the freedom that christ has set us free you know because we often just look at the the moment of in terms of when we die but you know our eternal life started when we we're born again that's when our eternal life started when we're born again even though we die in the flesh, we live. We go on living. We don't die. We live. That is our eternal life. And so we have to understand that God is doing stuff in us now. We're not just waiting for that which is to come, but he wants us to step into things now. Is there an amen? Because it is being in this entirety of this message that Paul was relaying to the church in Galatia, it was a freedom from the works of the flesh. It was a freedom from the things that had kept them and held them and snared them. It was, it was freedom from being a slave to the flesh. There was a freedom. There's so much that was surrounding that verse. We haven't got time to read the whole book of Galatians and to get, in some, get into it, but here's some other verses. Paul says, 
Now I say in uh, chapter 4, Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave, though he's the owner of everything. Instead, he is under guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of this world. When the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. And because you are sons, God sent his spirit, the spirit of his son, into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. See, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then God has made you an heir. You see, when we're born again, we leave childish ways behind us. That's what it is. We we leave childish ways behind us. We leave the things of the flesh behind us. And we take on the Spirit. There's a freedom. We go on to read in chapter 5, if we went a little bit further. For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But rather serve one another through love. He says in verse 16 of chapter 5, So I say then, live by the Spirit. And you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. There's a definitive statement. So I say to you, live by the Spirit. Remember, we were given a new heart. And He sent His Spirit, the Spirit of His Son, within us. And He moves us. He says, if you live by the Spirit, you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. There's a freedom in this. Jesus spoke these words in John chapter 8, verse 30, 31. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you. The truth will set you. Will set you what? Free. Free. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? And Jesus responded, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. There's a good song right there. If the son sets you free, you are truly free. If the Son sets you free, you are truly free, truly free. What we couldn't do for ourselves, God did for us, amen? The true nature of the new birth is that we are new. I'm not sure whether we get the epiphany of that, the revelation of that. The nature of the new birth is that we are new. We are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. And yet we get caught in between the two. And I believe that the Spirit of God is moving in such a way that we're stepping more into walk as sons and daughters on the face of this earth. Amen? It's the enemy that comes into our thinking. And the Word of God says that he is the father of lies. We need to understand that. The enemy is the father of lies. 
He's the father of lies. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a manipulator. And he comes into our thinking and he said, did God really say that? Did God really say? He did it with Adam and Eve. Did God really say you must not? Oh, oh, hang on a minute. Well, hmm. But he tried it with Jesus. If you are, I am. Jesus knew who he was. And see, you are born again. You are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And it's the enemy that tries to make you think like that actually hasn't occurred. He tries to keep us entrapped in our thinking and the ways of the world and the ways of this flesh, the ways of the flesh, rather than living in the new creation, born again to be in the likeness of Jesus. And that's why last week we looked at we need to take every thought captive. And we need to make it obedient to Christ because, our, uh, because we're either believing Christ, we're, like, we're either believing the statement about being set free or we're believing the father of lies. There's actually no in between. It's one or the other. We're getting a little bit meaty, meaty today. Is that okay? We've gone past yogurt, fruit and yogurt. We're going for steak. Okay? Good steak. Just as Jesus displayed the authority, we have to understand that in Christ we have that authority. We do not have to play games with the enemy to prove who we are, how loved we are, how gifted we are, how anointed we are. We do not need to play games with the enemy. We are who we are because Christ has made us that way. Is there an amen? The weapons of our warfare, it says in 2 Corinthians 10, are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. And remember I said last week that a stronghold in your mind is something you give too much oxygen to. Your thoughts. We looked at it last week, didn't we? God doesn't love me. God doesn't love me. God doesn't love me. Becomes a stronghold. I'm not gifted. I don't have any gifts. I have no, I have no gifts. I can't forgive that person. There's no way I can forgive that person. I can't do it. All these things are things of the flesh. They're not of the Spirit. And they're not in alignment with the Word of God. And we need to align ourselves with the Word of God. Even if our feelings and our circumstances are not speaking it, we know that we are loved. We know that He is with us. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I love this verse in 1 John 3. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose. What purpose? To destroy the works of the devil. Do we get that this morning? The Son of God was revealed for this purpose. To destroy the works of the devil. Do you feel like getting our like swords and shields and stuff, Woo! to destroy the works of the, the devil. And then it goes on to say, everyone who has been born of God does not continue in sin. Woo! Woo! Oh, there's the works of the devil. Jesus died so that we could be set free of those addictions, of those 
patterns of those cycles and those things that have held us back and we haven't been able to enter into the fullness where we try and walk and we go, yes, but there's something that ensnares us and something happens and we find ourselves back there. We find ourselves getting angry when we, when we don't want to get angry. We find ourselves getting oppressed when we don't want to get oppressed. We find ourselves falling back into addiction when we don't want to be stuck in addiction. And it's because we haven't yielded to Christ fully and taken every thought captive. It's because we agree with the father of lies that says Jesus didn't really do that. That situation will never change or whatever the circumstance may be. It's lies, 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 lies. Jesus came to set you free. Not just from the penalty of sin, but also free from the works of the flesh. And the more you agree with God, the more you agree with his word, the more you are with him, the desire in you just starts to disappear. It's true. You don't desire to stab people in the back. You don't desire to walk in unforgiveness. You don't desire to do that. Like, you don't desire it. There's nothing in you that desires it. You don't desire to continue to live in sin. You desire to live the life that Christ has called you to live. Amen? We just have to yield. There's something in us. There's something in us that says, I don't like yielding to God. Often it's pride, fear. We yield to him. We yield to him. And the word of God says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. And it is the spirit that changes us from glory to glory to glory into the image of his beloved son. I love the verse, Colossians, we have been delivered from the domain of darkness and been brought into the kingdom of his son whom he loves. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful imagery? I'm kind of visionary, so I like to, so I see things. Picture that. Trapped in darkness, and I mean darkness. Have you ever been in a movie theater where the lights didn't work? I have once. So the screen wasn't yet up and there was no lights anywhere and you walk in there and you go, that's dark. Like serious dark. Like couldn't see anything dark. Like didn't even know where the chairs were dark. It was like no light. There was just darkness. That's where we were before Christ. That's where we were before we were born again. We were trapped in the domain of darkness. You couldn't even see. But he's rescued us. And he's brought us into the kingdom. Not just the kingdom, but the kingdom of his beloved son, whom he loves. Sometimes I think we need to remind ourselves, and I think that's part of the reason that Jesus said, whenever you meet together, remember me. Because I think we forget that without Christ, because most people in Australia would say, I'm a pretty good person. Well, guess what? Good doesn't get us to heaven. Good doesn't get us eternal life. Good doesn't get us. Only Jesus does. 
And I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And it is only through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the Father who sent His Son for us that we've been transferred from that domain of darkness into the kingdom of His beloved Son. Is there an amen to that? Do you feel blessed? Do you feel excited? We should. We should. The far heart of the Apostle Paul, I love to read the letters of Paul because there's so much in there. But going back to Galatians in chapter 4, verse 19, this is what he says. This is, this is the, for me, as I read Galatians, this is the center of it. He said, my dear children... I am suffering in birth pains or labor pains for you to see Christ formed in you. Now, I've never been in birth pains. I've never been in labor pains. So I don't quite know what it's like. Pretty nasty? Okay, pretty nasty. Any, any takers on more are like... What, excruciating okay we've gone from pretty nasty to excruciating now we don't want to get into any more stories about that okay but this is paul as a spiritual father and he's saying i'm in birth pains i'm in labor pains to see christ formed in you he was jealous for them that they would become all that christ had for them to be you see what had happened at the church of galatia is that they'd received the gospel of grace they'd uh, received the good news of jesus christ they'd received the spirit and was baptized in the spirit by faith and then some people came in amongst them and said, oh no, you still need to be circumcised and you still need to do this and you still need to do that and you still need to do this and you still need to do that. And Paul came in and he said, who bewitched you? Who cut in on you? You were running a good race. What's happened? After beginning by the Spirit, why have you reverted to the flesh? Did you receive the Spirit by faith or by works? And sometimes in our life, we can be just like that. We get saved, we get born again, and we experience some really cool things, and we're like, woo! And then stuff just comes in and just cuts in on us. And we lose the truth of the new birth, and we need to rediscover it. That I am saved by grace. And I am set free, not just from the penalty of sin, which is eternal separation from God, but I am set free from the power of sin in my life. I no longer, I have no desire for that. I have no desire. I desire Christ. To live is Christ and to die is gain. What would happen in the church in Australia if every person started to not have a desire for these things but started to have a desire for Christ? What would we see happen in this nation? How would that change our interaction with each other? What would it mean to the church in a city or a region if Christ was truly the center and he was the focus and our desire was him and his kingdom and his righteousness? It wouldn't be anymore that you walk down the street and you see someone and you go, oh, I don't want to see them. Oh, there's another person from my old church. I don't want to see them anymore. They don't want to see me.
Let Christ be the centre. Let Christ be the desire. Let Christ, let Christ, Jesus, at the centre of it all. You know, at times I think we need to be reminded. That's what Paul was saying to them. Live as children of God. And it's okay, sometimes we need reminding, don't we? Paul would say, live as children of God. And the Lord would say to us today, live as children of God. 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 Jesus said to his disciples in John 16, he says, in this world you will have trouble. Hands up who's had trouble in this world. That is every single one of us that's here today. We've had some form of trouble in this world. But the second part is, but take heart. Oh, be encouraged, be strengthened, be built up because I have overcome the world. That is a statement that is not just true for for the life to, to come, but that is a statement that is true now. He was saying, but take heart for I have overcome this world. And in me, you too are overcomers. Paul said, fix your thoughts on things above. Fix your thoughts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. What begins to happen when we start to ponder the things of heaven? What starts to happen when we ponder the things of Christ? What what starts to happen? I can tell you what starts to happen. The things of this earth grow strangely dim. That's what starts to happen. The things of this earth grow strangely dim. Can I encourage you to start to agree with God? Is that okay? Who said amen? Is Sylvia here? Was that Sylvia? Someone else? I don't know. Can I just encourage you to agree with God? There is an epidemic in this nation, and I've said this before. Believers are not into the Word. They are following winds of doctrine, teachings of men, flitting here and there. We need to get back to the Word. Can we start to agree with God? Can you agree in your relationship with Him of everything that He says about you? Can you agree for your marriage? Can you agree for your relationships? Can you agree for your family? Can you agree for your businesses? Can you agree? Can we agree? Let's agree with God. Walk in the freedom that Christ purchased for you. Walk in the freedom that Christ purchased for you. I wrote a statement down yesterday, and I'm, I, I'm a bit fearful of saying it. Like, seriously. Because when I read it, I was in tears. I'm like, I was like, oh. But I knew it was the Holy Spirit. But it's, but it's a bit in your face. Someone's going to stone me later, okay? 
Gee. You know what happens in Australia, though? It doesn't normally happen, happen with stones to your face. It normally happens behind your back. That's what normally happens in Australia. Anyway. But there's such a heaviness on it. But such truth. To live in destructive patterns and cycles is to say that what Jesus did wasn't enough. Oh. Do we get that? To live in destructive patterns and cycles... E.g., that'll never change, is to say to Jesus, what you did wasn't enough for me. What he did is enough. What Jesus did... What Jesus did, every lashing, every belting, everything that he took on, everything that he did for you is more than enough. It's more than enough. It's, it's not just not quite enough. It's more than enough. And God wants us to realize that what he has done for you is more than enough. It is more than enough. And it's the father of lies that is coming in to try and stop us, and I call myself included in this, to stop us from living in the fullness of what Jesus has for us. And it's time to break every chain. It's time to pull out every lie. It's time to let go of the things that have kept us in bondage, and it's time to start to agree with God. And it's okay to keep knocking. Be the persistent woman. Oh, man, I've got to get out of bed and get out of that flower because they're just not leaving me alone. It's okay to be that persistent one in prayer. It's okay to be that persistent one. That's where we need to be sometimes. Because you know what's happening in that? There's resistance training that is happening. When you push against something in the natural, your muscles start getting bigger. So when you start to stand against something in the spirit, your faith muscle is actually being exercised. That's why Jesus said in this world you will have trouble. Because he wants us to know that as he overcame, so can we. And in the end, to live is Christ and to die is gain. God's calling us up. That's what he's doing. Do we see that? In all the fire, in all the hardships, in all the struggles and everything, he's actually calling us up. The weights that have been in our hot air balloons that have kept us on the ground are being released and we are getting caused to begin to soar in the spirit like wings of eagles. Is there an amen? So make a decision. I said this last week, but I'll say it again today. Make a decision. Say no to the enemy. Get a brother or sister 
to stand with you. And if you're struggling to say no, they'll say no. And they'll keep saying no until you start saying no. Say no to the father of lies and say yes to God. Because not only will you see transformation in your life, but you're going to start to taste freedom. You're going to start to taste freedom. Freedom from those things that have held you back. Freedom from those things that have held you captive. Freedom, freedom, freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And the things of this earth become strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen? Revival is not an event. Revival is not a service. And I see that all the time. Revival meeting here, revival, revival, revival. It's not a meeting. It was never meant to be a meeting. It was never meant to be an event. It was never meant to be that stuff. It is to be an a, be the place that we live in that we are awakened, sons and daughters, born again, baptized in the Spirit, living it out day by day by day by day. We see it in the early church. We see the way that they lived. They lived life together. They shared goods and possessions together. There was miracles and signs and wonders that were happening. They were together and had everything in common. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That is the way we're meant to live. And so much of this world is opposite to it. Kathy's already nailed some things this morning. It's all about us. Feel good. What, it's, what it does for me, you know. The world tells us how much super we need, how much savings we need, how much this we need, how much that we need. How much, but it's all about us. But what happens when we come into the body of Christ? It's actually about us. And when one rejoices, we rejoice. And when one mourns, we all mourn. We become connected to one another even if we don't realise because we're all part of the same body, the body of Christ. I want to encourage you to take a moment to revisit the early chapters of Acts. Take a moment. There's freedom in there. There's freedom. They live with freedom. They trusted God in all things. With all things. And when things came against them, they went, nah, we're not going to stand for that. We're going to do this. Their prayer meetings were vibrant, Holy Spirit-filled, fire prayer meetings where buildings were shaken. That's the kind of Holy Ghost fire prayer meetings we want to see in Bundaberg, where the building is shaken and it's not an earthquake, but it's the Holy Spirit. He wants to awaken us. Awaken us. He wants to awaken us. So I declare over you this morning, freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. My question is, do you believe that? Do you believe that you can be free of the things that, that, have, that have been patterns in your life, that have held you back? Can you be free of that? I must admit, years ago, I wondered. I wondered if that certain things were ever going to change. And then I started to realize, hang on a minute, who am I believing here? Am I believing God or am I believing the father of lies? 
And I thought, you know what? I actually have to agree with God. God will do the change. God will do the transformation. God will cause it. Just agree with Him. Just agree with Him. What does it look like to be God's people on this earth? What does it look like to be God's people on this earth? Living every day in His presence and His glory together as brothers and sisters in Christ. What does it look like when Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail? They cannot prevail because I'm building my church. Isn't that a weight off? Jesus said, I will build my church. It's Him, His presence, His glory. I really feel this morning that the challenge is out there for all of us to come into greater alignment and, event and full alignment with God's Word over our life. Is there an amen? Maybe a great way is to get in one of these little micro-discipleship groups to meet together regularly with three or four other people and pray together and share together and encourage each other. Maybe it's part of it. Because sometimes we struggle when we buy ourselves, don't we? The enemy will always want to isolate us. He'll always want to separate us. Because that's how the enemy attacks. Separates off, goes after them. So sometimes we just need some other people that we can open up to and be real with. My question is, do you have that person in your life that you can open up with and be real with? We all need someone. Is there an amen? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Huh. Music team, you can come up and... Oh. Jesus. Jesus, we thank you this morning that what you did is more than enough. Every beating, every lashing, you were bruised for our iniquity. And by your stripes, we are healed. What you did is more than enough more than enough we take every thought captive and we make it obedient to Christ this morning in Jesus name we rebuke the father of lies and every negative word that would come in 
and we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. You see, Jesus started it and Jesus will finish it. What He started, He will finish because He's faithful. So God, we thank You this morning. We've already seen some people break free of addictions. We've already seen some people break free of of other things in their lives. God, we want to thank You this morning for all of us, God, that we would let go of anything that hinders us. The sin that would easily ensnare us, entangle us, so that we can run the race with perseverance that you've marked out for us. We thank you, Jesus, that when the, whilst the enemy came to steal, kill and destroy, that you came to bring life and life abundance. God, we ask for a spirit of revelation, a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of understanding that would enter into us. God, that we would get the revelation that you are more than enough and what you did was more than enough. We ask for revelation and wisdom and understanding of what it really means to be born again and to live the new life as a new creation where the old is gone and the new has come. God, we ask for the spirit of revelation and wisdom and understanding. Lord, that we would live in the fullness of your presence and your glory and that we would see a rebirth of the church just as it's meant to be, just as we read in the book of Acts, that we would see an awakening right here at Bundaberg, that we would see an awakening amongst your people right here, oh God, that we would begin to live as heavenly people on earth. No longer under the patterns and thinking of this world, but according to heaven. And the people said, Amen. So we turn our eyes upon Jesus this morning.